And that's Patty Smythe with uh, Scandal, the Warrior from 1984. And we've got Warriors going to the track uh, every morning here at Churchill Downs. All these horses that we've got here in Kentucky between Keeneland and Churchill, it's going to set up for a really strong latter part of the meet here as uh, a lot of two-year-olds are getting ready down to Keeneland and shipping up to Churchill Downs uh, and, and starting their training. So very exciting time here in Kentucky. Despite some of all the drama that we've gotten from Kentucky Derby 145 will, be, will long live in infamy um, for all this uh, uh, back and forth with Saez and, and the Wesses and service and maximum security and a lot of different opinions. Um, I, I really have gotten to the point where I do not going to put too many opinions on, on, on social media. There is a lot of fake accounts. There's a lot of people taking shots from both sides of the both sides of the fence. And I think you know there's there is a lot of opinions that are from uneducated fans, uh, uneducated people that just want to spew out garbage. They attack Saez, they attack service. Service has never had a, a, a positive test. But yet people are attacking him, calling him a cheater, and, and, and doing a lot of things that, you know, you don't do in society out in the open. Unless you have a fake account and you can attack people or you just want to attack people. I just find that to be despicable. I don't want any part of it. Uh, you won't find my opinion uh, on there. I might put little snippets of what I feel, but, uh, you, you know... Uh, as far as the 15 days with, with Saez, we can argue till we're blue in the face he should have gotten it or shouldn't have gotten it. You know, the bottom line, that horse spooked from something that was at the quarter pole, inside the quarter pole. We all know who that was. Some photog standing there. And you, you, you can also bring up the point that Tyler Gaffleone put himself in the pickle by coming off the inside and trying to split horses. I have talked to a number of jocks who have said it. Tyler put himself in a bad spot. Why would he come off the fence when he had a dream run inside? He opened it up for Code of Honor. So there's that school of thought. Did it change the order of finish? That's another school of thought. So maybe we're all tired of talking about it, but it has to be addressed in some ways. So... I have a perfect idea. How about we line them up for the Travers and run them in the Travers? Same field. Bring in Country House to see Tacitus. Maximum Security, Code of Honor, War of Will. Let's get them in, in let's get them in the Travers. And let's get them to do let's get a do-over. That's my view. Travers do-over. That sounds like fun. Now, as far as this is a Tuesday, we've got the Preakness coming up, and we've got the Black Eyed Susan on Friday. I've seen the card. It's a 14-race card. I believe there's six stakes on the card. Very. Uh, I just got all the works done. I just need to add the out-of-town works, and we're pretty much starting to roll on the handicapping. 
Uh, there's supposed to be some rain on Friday at in Pimlico. Saturday is supposed to be nice, so that's something we look forward to. I wanted to revisit a couple of things. I wanted to revisit handicapping on off-tracks. When you handicap on off-tracks, I found that the easiest, best way is to try to find the horse that's going to be the cleanest crossing the wire. Why? Because those are the ones that win. Dealing through kickback can be very, very treacherous for a horse, especially when there's a lot of water in the track. If you've been behind semis, if you've been behind cars on the freeway when it's raining, you get sprayed with that kickback. Horses don't have windshield wipers, so they're getting all that stuff in their eyes and their nose and their mouth. It's got to be miserable. So in a lot of ways, I just feel that if you can sit outside of horses and you can sit in front of horses, you're sitting in a great spot. Which brings to the other point. A lot of people talk about ground loss being a negative factor. I see ground loss being in, in, in a right situations outside a kickback, four wide without a speck of dirt hitting you, and in the clear uh, outside of another horse with nobody on your outside to be the optimum trip. Because that's what we are taught, taught here in America. We're taught to be three wide at the three eights. When you watch videos of workouts, where is the horse that's being that's the tar, that's being the horse that is the key horse in the drill? He sits behind horses. Where does he come? Three wide at the three eights. Makes a move three wide at the quarter pole. He's outside of horses. Very few trainers open up the inside and let them come through between. Richard Mandela, Brendan Walsh will do that. We'll let the winners or they'll split and go through. Neil Drysdale is another that sets up training races like that in the morning. So when I say horses in America are trained to be three wide at the three eighths, that's where I'm basing it off. I'm, I don't pull stuff out of my rear end like a lot of people on social media do. I, I, I do it from experience and what I've seen. So, and I know I take shots at the social media all the time, but social media is starting to run the world. You don't believe that. Soon enough, we'll have a president through social media. Oh, wait, we already do. Um, so when you're looking at trips, you're looking at off tracks. I look at three wide, three eights, four wide, three eights, because that's what, that's where you want to be, or you want to be on the lead and come through the lane without a speck of mud on you. When Ruler and Ice won the Belmont in the stakes a few years ago, he was the cleanest horse. You could see the orange of Kelly Breen's blinkers through all that mud that was being kicked back, and he was clean as a whistle in the winter circle. So little things like that that you have to pay attention to detail on are some of the more important things you can use in your handicapping. And attention to detail, that's a great topic. Seeing the little things, that's the difference between you cashing a ticket and you going riding in the back of the bus with no money in your pocket. Because a lot of people don't pay, to atten don't pay that attention to detail and they miss little things. And I, for example, when I watch a race, I don't watch the horse that I bet on. I watch 
the back of the field because I want to see what's happening back there. At the start, I don't look for stumbles or checks or I look for horses that just don't look like they were happy in the gate and the way they come out of the gate tells me they weren't sharp today. A horse that's not sharp will not break sharply. A horse that's not sharp will not show the speed he used to show. So when I look at races, I am looking for little things like that because everybody sees the trouble. Everybody sees the horse that stumbled at the start and rushed up. Everybody sees the horse that gets bumped around at the quarter pole. But why are they getting bumped around? Because usually the horse that gets in trouble has no respect from its peers and two, is not fast enough to keep up in those holes. Then you have the horses that try to sneak through the inside and get cut off. Well, everybody sees that. Everybody sees that. You can actually put a circle around that and say, this horse is going to get hammered next time out and everybody's going to talk about the trouble. So in a lot of ways, you want to look for the subtle stuff that can help you that other people don't pick up. This is about paramutual betting. And paramutual betting says, I'm betting against you and you're betting against me. If I'm wrong and you win, you take my money. If I'm right and you're wrong, I take your money. A lot of people don't get that. And a lot of people say, well, I want to validate your picks with mine. Well, you know what? Everybody likes my horse. I'm off. Because too many people seeing the right, the same thing means I was, I, I was Captain Obvious. So a lot of little things there, little tips in there. And the one thing I wanted to talk to you about while I put all of this together today, as I'm driving back from, Lexington, from Churchill down to Lexington, is mental attitude for a horse player. How many people you see write constantly about, oh, the jockey had the horse in the wrong spot. Oh, my jockey had the horse down on the inside. No, it's not no good. Oh, he didn't break and put him on the lead. Oh, he took him back off the pace. Always complaining about something. Those people are losers. Flat out losers. They, number one, cannot identify the fact that they picked the wrong horse. That is the number one factor. And if that's true, they do not have any accountability for their own action. It's always somebody else. Those are perennial losers you need to stay the hell away from. My greatest joke, and, and if I ever did a stand-up comedy routine on horse players, it's the guy with the ticket with 20 tickets in his hand. I had the two with the four, the three with the six, the two with the five, the three with the nine. I don't have the two with the four, the two with the six, or the whatever combination he didn't have. And he goes, I'm an idiot. I didn't have that. And his buddy sits next to him, looks at him and says, who do you like in the next? That's horse players sometimes. And... I want to stay away from those people as much as I can. Why? They breed misery. Misery means you're losing. I want to be around somebody that says, I built that ticket really well. I didn't win, but that was a good ticket I built. I have no complaints. 
99.99% of the time, I have no complaints on the horse I bet. Win or lose. There's times where I bet a horse and I go, I got lucky. And there's other times where I like a horse and I go, that was a hell of a call. Do that again. And push yourself to do it again. Also, when you have a bad race, let it go. Easier said than done. Let it go. If you have a bad beat, let it go. Because if you let it fester in your mind and you keep beating up yourself for it, your handicapping and your gambling will take a toll for it. I'm all about having a fresh attitude after every race. Bottom line, I have to have a fresh attitude. You need to have the mental makeup to be able to, and, and when you walk out, when you see me walking out of the track, if you've seen me walking out of the track or OTB or whatever, you can never tell if I won or lost. Because it has to wash off. I, I love guys, you know, I, one thing I used to do at Del Mar when I used to leave Del Mar, we'd sit around a lot of horse players. <coughs> and a lot of the horse players complained about all their bad beats. I had to take a little drink of water there because I'm losing my voice. But all they wanted to talk about is the bad beats. I don't want to talk about racing. I want to move on. Move on from today. Now, how do you reevaluate what you did? I do this every day. Six days a week, I'm looking at races, doing picks, doing workouts. In my mind, I reevaluate when those horses pop back up. Because I get a lot of questions saying, well, you liked that horse last time. Yeah, that was last time. A lot of people can't do that either. They have to follow that horse. I don't follow horses. I don't chase horses. I like horses for a reason. I might come back second or third time on them. But there's a reason why I like that horse. There's also a disease nowadays that people like a horse and then make a case around it. Anybody that makes a case around the horse to like the horse, get away from them. They're no good. All they're going to do is poison your brain. And when you're like, when, when you, when I see a horse that trains well, I do my homework on the horse. I go and see a couple of videos. Like right now, I'm going through the Preakness field. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, who, who am I going to like in here? Improbable is too inconsistent. War will I don't trust. And there's a lot of speed in the race. And I know what happens when there's a lot of speed in the race. Connections get cute. Oh, we'll just take off. And that's so simple to sometimes the players out there. Oh, no, he, you know, I like this horse. He's going to take off of him. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. It, it, you, you can't plug in what you think the horse is going to do based on because you like him. It's, for example, how many times we don't like a speed horse because we think he's going to get hooked. And what happens? He clears, everybody takes back, goes wire to wire. You go, I didn't like that horse. There's too much speed in the race. 
there was a reason why you looked at that horse, because that horse probably had the best ability to win. But you made a case around it to get him beat, just like we did with Justify last year in the Triple Crown. People wanted to make a case to beat him. And how they made a case was, we need to put another horse in there to go with him. That's race fixing. You can't do that. But people are people. They're going to do stupid things. And stupidity is rampant right now. It is. You know, so don't be part of that group. Don't be the rampant part of this industry. Be smarter. Like a horse for the values that he gives you. The factors he gives you. Not make up the case after the fact. Because I can do a case on a 50 to 1 shot. Barry Meadow and I used to do that all the time. We used to sit there and make a case for a 75 to 1 shot. Theoretical case. So, and it was done to, to, to basically prove the point that you can make a case for anything. So, when you're handicapping and you're playing the races, number one, first and foremost, don't keep holding stuff in. Don't keep going over bad beats. Have a positive attitude. I have a friend named Lloyd. You might know him. He'll walk up to me, shake his head left to right like he's saying no, and tell me I absolutely love a horse today. His body language completely tells me this. He's shaking his head going, I got absolutely no shot at cashing that ticket today. And that body language translates to your own view of the race. Because I think if you do that over and over again, you keep picking losers. And you know it, but you don't want to face it. Picking winners is contagious. Picking winners has to be an epidemic within yourself. You have to have a fever for it. And if you don't, and you continuously have that opinion of yourself that you're going to pick a loser and you're doing the Lloyd shaking of the head, you got no shot. When you walk out of the track and when you're done for the day, let it roll off your back. When you get up the next morning, it's a brand new slate. You are the best player in the world. Now, whether you end up playing like it, that's another story. I've had days where I've played like an idiot. And I've had days that I played like an absolute genius. And in the days that I played like an absolute genius, there's days that I didn't catch a ticket. And there's days that I played like a complete idiot that I cashed everything. And then, of course, you get the, oh, I should have made a million dollars today. Oh, how much money did I lose on, leave on the table? Anytime you win money, count it as a win. Don't start beating yourself up. The makeup, mental makeup of racehorses is as important as a mental makeup of a horse player. And try to do the, the things that I mentioned. Number one, keep your head together. Don't change what you do. 
as I started way back in the 1980s, I, if I didn't pick a winner in the first three races, I was changing up everything. No. Keep doing what you do. You're still playing horses and you still have money because you have done something right at one point or another. Keep doing what you do. Don't blame other people. Oh, I got talked off that horse. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Then you know what? You're insecure with your picks. If somebody's going to talk you off a horse, you're an insecure person. Now, if that person gives you good information and you ignore it because you know better, well, you got what you deserved. You don't know everything. Nobody does. I learn every day. Learn every day I'm at the track. So, your mental makeup as a horse player depends on your ability to let things just wash off your back don't hold grudges against people. If you know, you know, I don't like D. Wayne Lucas. Uh, you know, I can't bet that guy. Well, guess what? There'll come a time there'll be a horse that you know he's going to be winning because you know that that horse is live and you're not going to play him because of a stupid prejudice. Stop it. What are you, 12? Stop holding grudges against people. In the press box at Santa Anita. I heard it all the time. Oh, that guy is awful. I can't touch that guy. I can't stand that guy. I can't play his horses. You know the biggest F you to somebody is that when you don't like them and you cash a bet on them. That's the biggest one. That's the biggest gratifying factor I can find. There's people I don't like at the track. Absolutely don't like them. But you know what? If I can cash a ticket on something that they're doing or they're training or they're jogging or whatever, oh, hell yeah. I don't have any prejudice about that. So get rid of your prejudice. If you don't like a guy, so what? If he's got the right horse, <clears throat> you can make money on it. These are all things that I do every day. And I've learned them the hard way. I hope you do the same. So... And with that, I'll leave you with the Hooters and we danced. <laughs>